You're listening to the AF Playbook Podcast with David Ford, the show that teaches you all about internet marketing. Now, get ready to take your business to the next level. Okay, so tell us a little bit um, about yourself. I think a lot of people from the forum and obviously the industry know who you are, but um, for those that don't, could you just tell us kind of how you got started and what your background is? Yeah, sure. So I've been in the industry since uh, I would say about 2007. And a brief uh, look at my background, I you know I heard about affiliate marketing through through forums. I read John Chow, I read Warrior Forum, I read Shoe Money, and I would say maybe 99.9 percent of people wouldn't you know be able to go through that journey from those starting sources. But you know what those blogs did and what that forum did was it introduced me to what affiliate marketing is and. From there, I discovered Wicked Fire. I discovered some better blogs, and you know, I uh, by the time I graduated from Georgia Tech, uh, I knew about affiliate marketing, but I wasn't making any money yet. So I actually took a job at a uh, media buying agency, uh, you know, internet marketing agency, and from there, I worked there for six months, and that was where I learned a lot about AdWords. So what happened was, for about six months, I would work eight to nine hours at my job, you know, rush home. And then from there, I would work another five hours on my affiliate marketing at night and then go to sleep. So this would repeat for a few months until I would say May of, no, March of 2008. Um, something really big hit. Uh, by that point, you know, I tried out maybe 14 campaigns. I lost about 3000 or $3,500 by then. But I saw on a blog, Nikki Cakes, where he gave away a, you know, a campaign that he said was pretty profitable. And, you know, the campaign, what that campaign did was it gave me a lot of confidence. Cause at that point I was just kind of running whatever. I didn't really have a method, but for a blogger to say that this campaign, you know, works on Facebook, mm-hmm. it gave me a lot of confidence. So I launched it. Uh, I lost my, But the difference is, since I had the confidence that this works, I just kept going. And from there, I ended up making about uh, $70,000 profit. And then that that success uh, led to me really focusing on Facebook and, you know, trying out some other campaigns like more gaming, dating and stuff until it got to the point where, you know, I was making a lot more money from affiliate marketing than I was at my side job. And I quit and I've been at this ever since for six years. And if you're interested in reading my story, I have like a eight part really detailed biography called Rising O. So just just Google it and you can read my story. And for so for right now, what am I doing now? Um so I've been in industry for about six years. I'm an affiliate marketer. And you know, for me, I really love the industry and you know what it has allowed me to do was for the past three years I was able to have this uh, lifestyle uh, where I was traveling and working on my affiliate marketing from my laptop, so that was really cool. And now, you know, I moved back to the states in order to focus more on the affiliate marketing business, mm-hmm. and yeah, I'm just trying to you know work on my campaigns and you know really uh, make my blog bigger. 
Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's that uh, series on your blog is, is really great. Um, the, you have a lot of great stuff on there, but that about your background, I think that's really interesting for, for people to read. So, um, going back a sec, just out of curiosity, what did you major in at uh, Georgia tech? Well, story about that is I, I came to Georgia tech as an engineering, uh, major just because that's what that university is famous for. But after two years, I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not meant to be an engineer. Like I found it boring and I knew I wanted to get into business somehow. So I switched to management and that was a, one of the most important decisions of my life because when I switched to management, you know, I got made fun of quite a bit okay. because at, at Georgia Tech, when you switch to management, they call it riding the M train because that means you weren't smart enough for engineering. So that's why you switched to the easier business school. But okay. for me, it wasn't about that. It was I've always been curious about business and marketing. So why should I, you know, do something that I don't want to do just because I'm scared of what people say? So I switched uh, focus on business, focus on marketing. And what's ironic is most of the people that made fun of me were the ones that asked me to teach them affiliate marketing a few years later. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Did you say, ha ha, sorry, read my blog? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's cool. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think, do you think having, um, you must have had some kind of technical aptitude though, to go into engineering. Do you think that helped you with, um, computers or were you like a computer guy before? Did you do a lot of gaming or anything like that? I've, I've always been a nerd. Like I've, you know, I built my first website at 14, uh, at Georgia tech. I took a lot of programming classes. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to say my degree helped me that much, um, as far as the technical aspects are concerned, I think what my, you know, going to college and a difficult college, what it helped me with was, uh, you know, really developing the discipline, uh, just because, you know, at, at school I had a lot of difficult classes and I was in a lot of extracurricular activities and it was quite, quite stressful. So for me to balance all that and develop that discipline, it really helps me even to this day, my affiliate marketing stuff. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. Um, that made me think of a question, you know, when you were saying how you <clears throat> used to work full time and then basically come home and work in your campaigns for a lot of hours. And that's what I did. And I know that's what a lot of people did. And I remember, at least for me, when I got to the point where I was where I quit my job, I thought, oh, great, I'm gonna have all this time to work on campaigns. And I did, but I had absolutely no plan on how to use the time, so I ended up getting less done, even though I had more time. Did you experience anything like that, or were you pretty well prepared for? Uh, I didn't actually, and you brought up a really good point because it happens to like eighty percent of affiliates, in my opinion. So here's here's an interesting story to uh, go with what you said. Uh, you know, in high school, there's a lot of guys that can go make straight A's in high school, and once they go to college they completely break down. And the reason being is they can't handle the amount of freedom. It's too much freedom, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of the same way here because, you know, as an affiliate, when I quit, I was making um, about ten or 15000 a month profit uh, back in 08. So I thought to myself, wow, if I can make 10, uh, you know, 10000 a month working only four hours a day, I can make, you know, a million dollars because I have like 20 hours a day. But, you know, that's not the way it works because, you know, the reason why people can't handle the freedom, there's this 
you know, this thing called time boxing where if, you know, we all have 24 hours in a day. So you sleep for eight hours and you work for, you know, another eight hours. So you only have eight hours left, but you've got to count in like eating, commuting time, errands. Now you're down to three or four hours. So there's this law, uh, Parkinson's law. So work expands uh, for the time filled. And what that means is if you have three hours, you're going to get this done in three hours. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you have a project that's due like uh, a week from now or whenever, you're not going to get it done in as quick of a time. So I think, you know, affiliates, for most affiliates, uh, let's say you're starting to make a little bit of money. They're way too eager to quit their job and go out on their own. Like if you're, you're making money, you're doing something right. Just keep at it, you know, pay off your debts, save the money, uh, you know, develop your skills further just because if you quit too soon and you know, your campaigns don't make money and then you got to go back, it really messes up with your emotions. Yeah. I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Cause you feel like you've totally failed even though that's not what happened. And yeah, and it's quite public too, because you know, you when you quit, all your friends and your family are congratulating you, and then you go back to a job, and you know, you it affects your confidence or your emotional levels to a point where you may never recover. So, for me, you know, I'm a very high risk guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you need a, t- a you know high risk level to be comfortable with affiliate marketing. But when it comes to quitting your job and diving into this, I usually recommend people take the slower route Mm -hmm. i don't think that's a yeah i don't think that's a bad idea at all um yeah when i quit i think i took the a little too slow of a route i (laughs) probably could have worked my job two years more than i really needed to but it was a really easy job doing tech support and i was able to still work on my affiliate marketing while i was you know sitting in the server room and stuff so i don't know it took me a while to to convince myself that yeah this was going to last and I could do it but I- yeah I had some I had some reservations as well about quitting my job because from a rational perspective by the time I quit my job you know I had all my debts paid off I had some stable campaigns I was making good money but I couldn't make that jump and what you know forced me to make my move was I went, you know, I went to my first conference. I went to Affiliate Summit East in 2008. And from there, I saw all these guys that were my age or even younger. And here they were making more money than me. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, man, if, you know, if all these guys have the balls to, you know, go at this full time, what's, what's stopping me? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So that was, um, that was your first Affiliate Summit that you went to? Yeah, Affiliate Summit East 2008. Um, I, I was still working a full-time job then. So, you know, I took a week off from work as vacation time. You know, so some guys would go to the beach or yeah. stay home. Or I took a week off to go to a conference and, you know, one of the best decisions of my life. Did you know many people in the industry at that point or? Oh, no, not at all, man. Like, I, I kind of was making a small name for myself, mm-hmm. like, Wicked Fire, they knew me as Dr. NGO because I was posting, you know, back in the day, like 2008, it was an amazing forum. And I posted there quite a bit, you know, Facebook information and stuff. So I really didn't know too many people. Um, but me and, you know, Ian Fernando back then, we 
you know, we wanted to save money on a room because it was like Boston. So the hotels were expensive. So we, yeah, we shared a room. And from there, he introduced me to a lot of people. And I remember being a newbie. I was walking around with him and everyone was coming up to him like, uh, you know, because he was, you know, pretty well known back then. So I thought to myself, man, I want to have a blog and be famous like Ian one day. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's funny. So uh, I want to get into some of the stuff you talk about on your blog. But before we do that, um, I wanted to talk about traffic sources. You mentioned Facebook already. And I know you did um, a lot of media buys at one point. I I think at one point a long time ago, you told me that you were kind of the first affiliate to really blow up um, like Pulse and uh, add Sonar and places like that? Yeah. Um, you know, with media buys, I, I first do- dove into media buys back in maybe November 2008. So I went to uh, AdTech, you know, AdTech New York, and then I just, you know, had some campaigns that were making money. So I just walked around and grabbed everyone's business cards. And when I went back home, I just pretty much launched with every single traffic source. Like I did so many launches. So um, yeah, from, from 2008, there weren't as many traffic sources available now as back then. So I I was just launching everywhere, Google, Facebook, uh, media buys. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think, you know, one of the things that really helped me, succeed in this industry is I'm, I'm quite aggressive. It's like, if you have, if something's making money, you don't go on vacation. You know, you have to work, work hard, seize the momentum. So some guys, their, their problem is like, they make a thousand dollars and, you know, they start slacking off, they go on vacation or they start partying and stuff. And for me, you know, I was hitting some pretty big figures. Um, I was making a lot of money and I was still living in like a $600 a month apartment. You know, I was still driving a beat up car. Like I was working so hard. I didn't have time to spend money. And in my opinion, it's always, you know, my opinion has always been, look, girls are always going to be there. You know, traveling is always going to be there. You know, clubbing, partying is always going to be there. But if you have a great business opportunity, you have to really seize it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, a lot of people get really complacent and you know, and it's it is easy to do if you if you if you let yourself and then it's easy to get back to square one where you're not making anything. Oh yeah, like, you know, one one analogy I tell people or one story I like to tell people is you know, let's say you're making um, you know, let's say you're making $1000 a day profit and by that point, you should get really aggressive about scaling and testing out offers because if you're making a thousand and you lose four hundred dollars mm-hmm. testing something, it doesn't matter because you're still six hundred up. It doesn't affect you emotionally. But let's say you know your campaign died and now you're making zero, you're making nothing, and you're launching campaigns and now you're losing four hundred. That four hundred is gonna hurt you emotionally. You know, like you're not going to let it run its course to collect data and stuff your decisions aren't going to be as strong so that's why i recommend once you hit that you know those first few profitable campaigns to really you know really scale yeah that's good advice yeah for sure what other traffic sources have you have you done did you mostly focus on like facebook and media buys or did you do do you do other i think 
I mean, I've been in this industry six years now, so I've pretty much tried every single traffic source out there. Um, I guess the big difference these days is pro- I probably have more of an emphasis on mobile just because mobile wasn't around a few years ago. Yeah. So, you know, mobile is great. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people have been saying for the past few years, oh, man, mobile is the future mm-hmm. or mobile is the future. But it's actually like here right now and guys are making a lot of money from it. And what I like about that traffic source is, you know, you can get really creative with it. And also, if you do get creative, it's a little bit more difficult for people to steal your campaign ideas or steal your creatives, yeah. um, you know, just because the mobile scrapers aren't that great right now. Mm-hmm. And another idea is let's say I have a profitable campaign on, you know, a certain type of phone, a certain type of Samsung, and I have it on a certain carrier like Virgin. Well, you know, in order for a competitor to see that ad, they have to have a Virgin phone and they have to have that particular phone, you know? So it's a lot more difficult for people to steal campaigns compared to like, you know, something you see on traffic junkie. It is. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Did- so okay. I think uh, one more point is, you know, you have to, uh, the most, what's important for longevity and affiliate marketing is you have to really adapt, you know, like that's why I focus on, on the fundamentals. You know, in my opinion, if you, you know, know how to like split test ads, split test landing pages, you really focus on the fundamentals and you focus on the relationships with everyone, then, you know, at the end of the day, all traffic sources, all the same, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like if you can be really successful on Facebook, you can be successful on Mediavise. At the end of the day, you're still it's still it's just split testing. It's just you know some of the elements are a little bit different. That yeah, that's an excellent point. I I mean I see that a lot in the forum. It's like people affiliates they can be do, doing really good on one traffic source, but then they do another, and it's like they just I don't know their mind goes blank or something. It's like when my mom tries to figure out something on the computer, and they just they can't adapt what they know to another traffic source, even though you're right. Like a lot of the, um, a lot of what you're testing is the same, you know, same types of numbers and, and things like the that. way they run campaigns. Like they could really, you know, depend on cloaking a little bit too much, or maybe they depend, their campaigns depend on ripping off other guys. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to be a little bit gimmicky, then it might be a little bit difficult to adjust, you know, traffic source to traffic source. But, like I said, just if you have a campaign that's my, doing minus 50% ROI, that's great because you just have to test the offer, test the landing pages, test ads. But if you just keep improving, keep improving, you're persistent. You know, it's going to break even, then it's going to make money. Mm-hmm. Good point. Do you ever do anything or have you ever done anything with SEO or? Uh, absolutely not. No. Like I, I barely know how to SEO my own blog. <laughs> yeah. um, and that was probably one of the, yeah, that was another big decision for my career. Back in, you know, 2007 when I was first getting started, you know, there there's multiple ways to do affiliate marketing, not just the way I do it with paid affiliate marketing, but you can do SEO, you can do article marketing, you know, basically the free stuff. And as a newbie, you're going to be tempted to go after the SEO or go after the free stuff because, you know, it's scary to lose money. No one wants to lose money. Mm-hmm. You know, reading through my forums, what I noticed was all the really, really rich guys did paid paid affiliate marketing. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and all the SEO guys, you know, they made money, but it was kind of more like making a living, like none of them were really balling out of control. So for me, the ultimate decision came from with SEO, I'm depending on one company. Like my future is dictated by their next Google update. And you've seen in the past year, you know, these updates like Panda and Penguin have, you know, really hurt a lot of SEOers. So for me with affiliate marketing, like, yeah, you could take away media buys, you could take away Facebook, you could take away, you know, you could take away a lot of traffic sources, but I'm still going to make money because there's like so many places to buy traffic from. Yeah, so many different things you could do. Yeah. Do you have any other businesses outside of affiliate marketing that you do? I don't. I've always been focused on affiliate marketing and I kind of use the affiliate marketing to do various investments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in my opinion, uh, you know, I like to focus on my strengths. If I were to do some side business or offline businesses, then it would really divert my intention. Yeah. I think I would make more money just by focusing on affiliate marketing and making more. And I actually consider my my blog like I guess a second business, but it it you know it ties in with my main my main source of income. Well, let's let's um, talk about your blog. So you've um, you know you launched it. It's how old is it now? About launched it in August of 2012. So it's about a year and a half old. Year and a half old. Yeah, and you've been. Um, Everybody really likes your blog. It's probably, you know, the best blog in the space right now. I mean, second, Thank you. To, Thank second you. to mine, of course, that, <laughs> that I know a blog on. No, I but, guess, but then. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I haven't blogged too much lately. I need to get back to that. But, yeah, a lot of people, you know, love your blog. And a lot of what you talk about is stuff like, not just like here's a campaign or whatever, but the mindset that you use to approach affiliate marketing and i know you're really into um like productivity and motivation yep so were you were you always into those things i mean were you always into really being productive or is that a newer thing that you've been working on oh i would say the whole productive came about four years ago um because i you know i never really knew about it in college or after college and the reason why i started becoming more productive was because of my friends if you go to their blog, AsianEfficiency.com, you know, I met the guys behind it before they started the blog and you know they're always talking about productivity this, productivity that. And you know, I didn't know I've always done the whole, you know, remember the milk, here's a to-do list, but I never really knew more than that. So once they introduced me to that world, I was kind of hooked. So I've been really into the whole productivity thing the past few years. Um, mindset, I've been into it. I guess you could say my whole life, like, you know, ever since I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in high school, mm-hmm. I've always been really into the mindset. And, you know, the reason why I give a lot of advice on that, I focus on that is because, you know, all the campaign information, tips, tricks, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, your mind's not strong enough, you know, because, you know, even super affiliates, they, they lose money on campaigns. They're not, no one bats 100%. Yeah. So if your mind's not strong enough, um, then you know you can't be successful. Yeah, that's for sure. What do you think is, if you had to summarize your best productivity advice? I don't know if you could do that. I don't want to put you on the spot, but 
Sure. What would you say to like, say a new affiliate? This is actually one of the questions that somebody wanted to ask. So I'll ask it now. If you had say like five hours a day to work and test, um, how would you, how would you approach that? Like splitting up the time and what would you decide to focus on? Well, I think, um, we're going to take a step back cause that's two different questions. So we're going to go with the productivity one first, like the best productivity advice. Mm-hmm. So the best productivity advice would probably be, I'm just going to give three. First one is, uh, you know, decide on the most important tasks the night before about three of them. So like tonight, I'll decide on three tasks for tomorrow and I'll work on them first thing in the morning. So it's a very, very basic task, but I would say you know, a very basic concept, but I would say most people don't do it at all. So, you know, they wake up and when they're full of energy, what do they do? They'll waste their time on Facebook or forums and stuff when you should really focus on the task that will help you help you reach your goals the most. Second is the way I work is, um, you know, I work distraction free. So I'll work for 50 minutes at a time, no distractions, Facebook's blocked, my Skype's on invisible or do not disturb, my phone's in another room, you know, just work completely distraction free, then take a 10 minute break, then I'm at it again. And then the third one is probably, um, it's not mental, but it's actually physical to really get your health in order. So you know, exercise and get eight hours of sleep. Like I really don't believe in the whole, you know, I'm working for four hours or I'm working, uh, I'm only sleep four hours a night and then I work the rest of the the day. That's, I'm a very science-based guy. Mm-hmm. So the science says, you know, we work best um, off of really good sleep, whether it be seven, eight or nine hours. So I prioritize sleep and exercise. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Yeah, about the sleep and everything and you kind of yeah you see these people and it's almost like a badge of honor they want to tell everybody about but yeah so the second question was how would i spend five hours a day working on affiliate marketing um i think how much work you do with affiliate marketing depends on how much money you have what i mean by that is let's say my budget for affiliate marketing is a hundred dollars a month there's really not much i can do five hours a day with a hundred dollars a month. So I would really focus on increasing my budget for affiliate marketing. So, you know, when I was doing affiliate marketing four hours a day, part of it was, you know, I would write articles for people on forums, digital point, wicked fire for like $15 an article. So, you know, part of my time was spent building up my budget because you can't do anything with 100 or 200 a month. That's not enough money for data or anything else. So I would really focus on, you know, trying making more money. Okay, making more money whichever way possible. So let's look at another scenario where you do have enough money. What would I do with five hours a day? Um, well, part of it is I would definitely develop some skills. You know, learn the basics of graphic design, learn the basics of coding. Uh, just really learn. Because, you know, all that, you don't have to be an expert, but you do need to know the basics. And then after that, you know, just really work on uh, work on launching campaigns. Um, I mean, but, you know, your how many campaigns you launch and what you can launch, like I said, it depends on money. So if you don't have enough money, you're limited to the amount of campaigns you can run. 
Like affiliate marketing, you know, in the beginning stages, it really doesn't take that much time just because there's a lot of, you know, waiting around, getting stuff approved and, you know, all that stuff. You're not, you know, you're not going to be working 16 hours a day if you don't have the budget for campaigns. I, yeah, I agree. And I see that with a lot of people and they are kind of sitting there twiddling their thumbs and thinking they need to be doing something. But yeah, a lot of it is just waiting for that initial data so you can analyze it and figure out what to do. Yep. Yep. So I know that's something that, that we've talked about before, but since you've started your blog, what are some of the things that maybe you've noticed that you didn't really know before because you know you interact with a lot more people now what have you noticed that some things that really hold people back like you know i'm sure you can see like what kind of questions they ask or you know what they expect i mean wh- how are their how are people's expectations yeah um that's an interesting question just because you know before i started my blog i went through this four-year period where i you know didn't really interact with newbies mm-hmm. um so now you know, I think I interact with newbies too much because I get a lot of questions on my, you know, comments, emails, and my even my personal Facebook. So I think the biggest issue with newbies is they just don't take enough action. Like sometimes people will ask me questions on um, how do you install CPV Labs or what I do for CPV Labs, and I'm just kind of like, you know, you should read the manual. Like, why are you asking me? You know, read the manual. You know, take some action. And then a lot of other questions are, yeah, you know, people just ask me a lot of basic questions that could be answered if they just just try to figure out themselves. Like people don't take enough initiative, you know. And one thing I do realize about newbies after talking with them is I feel that, you know, affiliate marketing is a lot more difficult now than it was when I first started. You know, some people could argue that, yeah, there's more traffic sources or there's more tools available. Um, But on a whole, you know, I can just kind of look at the people that are succeeding. Like, you know, back then, 08, 07, 08, 09, you had like, you know, guys that kind of got lucky or guys I didn't think were that smart. And now they're making like 5,000 a day. But these days, it's like you really have to bring your A game to make that much money. Like there's no more there's not too many affiliate marketers that are making money that I would consider idiots, you know? Right. So you think that it's, it's basically just their, their expectations or the answers they're, they're looking for is stuff that they really need to find out themselves, like how to install CPV lab or, you know, how to set up a campaign on whatever traffic source. You basically, they're asking the, the wrong questions. I mean, that's the stuff they should be figuring out on their own. And then once they get the data, you know, start. To ask yeah. Like, like for me, you know, I, I'm, I would love to help everyone, but I'm extremely limited on time with my campaigns and the blog. So when people ask me really basic questions, I find it, you know, it's kind of a waste of my time. Like I would prefer, you know, I like helping people. So if you, at, you know, you have a campaign and you show me some data or whatever, um, you know, I could help you out. I mean, I'm not going to jack your campaign if it's like $25 a day, but you know, now I see some data, I can help you a lot more just because I don't want to answer questions that Google can't answer, yeah. you know? And yeah. Do you see, um, do you see a lot of new affiliates 
going into the wrong types of traffic sources or picking the wrong kinds of offers or is it more? Yeah. Okay. So why is affiliate marketing more difficult for newbies now than it was back then? You know, I think back in, uh, you know, back in 2008, there really weren't that many variables we had to learn as a newbie. For instance, there was no Prosper 202. There was no CPV Labs. So I didn't have to learn tracking because there was no tracking back then. And, you know, also now, you know, the competition is a lot more stiff. Like there's not, there's not a, uh, if you're a newbie, you're not going to go into little leagues against other newbies. You're pretty much, you know, competing against the best, you know, guys that have more experience, more money, um, you know, they have employees and stuff. So, you know, I don't get me wrong. There's still, you know, there's still a lot of money to be made for uh, as a newbie. And as a whole, I do think, you know, if you were to make a hundred thousand a year, it's a lot easier doing it in affiliate marketing than to like maybe start a restaurant or something. Yeah. Um, sure. But I guess my point is, I don't. I'm trying to change the expectations mm-hmm. of what it takes to succeed these days. Um, you know, I'm not. I'm not a guru, so I don't have to you know, lie or exaggerate that. Yeah, you can make, you know, 20000 a month in two months if you buy my stuff. So, you know, since I don't sell, uh, sell anything, I can kind of keep it real, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's, let's take a couple questions from people that had, had posted, and then I'm sure this will get into other stuff. Um, so a couple questions had the general theme of, in your own marketing, do, are you more of a, do you build multiple campaigns or do you focus on optimizing and scaling a campaign as far as it can go um, instead of building new campaigns? Um, well, that's a pretty generic and difficult question to answer, but I'll, I'll try my best. Um, you know, these days I really, well, it's different. I'm not a normal affiliate and what I mean by that is I actually have a team that works for me so it's not just Charles Ngo and you know every day he's going to CPV labs or uploading campaigns I don't do that anymore I'm more of a uh, conductor you know I conduct the orchestra and I have players under me so I'm actually in a lot of you know I'm in a lot of traffic sources I'm in a lot of verticals and you know, that's actually not what I recommend for most people. Most people, if you're a single individual, I do recommend focusing on, you know, one traffic source and really hammering out the campaign. And, you know, how do you know, you know, how how far you can scale or when's it's time to do something else? You know, for me, it's like you have to really know what the potential of your campaign is. Like, what are other affiliates doing? You know, going a spy tool, see what other guys are doing. So, if you're only doing like a thousand a day on adult, um, well, you need to step it up because there are guys doing 10, 20, 30,000 a day. You know, so, you know, multiple campaigns, the issue is some guys will, you know, they'll hit a thousand and then they'll jump into mobile or they'll jump into Facebook and now they're juggling multiple campaigns. So I recommend really hammering down one campaign. So for me these days, you know, since I have a team structure, it's more like, you know, I have guys under me and they all specialize in different things. And my focus these days are, uh, I'm the thinker, you know, so I think I strategize, I focus on the bigger picture stuff. 
Um, and I, you know, I direct them, but you know, for the most part, I'm not in campaigns every day myself. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. When you built your team, did you hire, um, is it people you know or work with, or did you conduct interviews like hire on Elanza desk, that kind of thing? Oh, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's people I know. Uh, you know, the reason being is it's so easy for someone just to learn from you and then run off with your information because, you know, there's not really much barriers to entry in affiliate marketing. And, you know, when people can see how much money there is, then they get a little bit greedy. So for me, you know, I, you know, focus on hiring people that I know and that are trustworthy. And then, you know, some guys are like, man, there's no guarantee that, you know, he's not going to run off. Well, that's business. Every single decision you take is a risk. You just have to do a proper risk versus reward analysis. And for me, the reward was a lot bigger than the risk. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, since I do have like a name in the industry and leverage that it's not really a good idea to make an enemy out of me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So at what point did you say, okay, I need to hire a team. I, you know, this is enough of me in the trenches every day, checking stats and doing all this. So at what well, it's a, it's an interesting question so what happened was i actually did go with the team structure like 2008 2009 2010 mm-hmm. but what was like you know um my employees just kept you know once they learned from me they just ran off mm-hmm. um and then so when i was traveling asia and stuff i decided to stop like i don't want to teach people anymore for them to run off my campaigns and so I, I went with the whole, that's when I really got into productivity. That's why I'm so obsessed with productivity because since I was a one man army, I really had to take my productivity game to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't completely me by myself. I had, you know, virtual assistants, I had programmers, I had guys like that. And it was last year that I really decided to give the whole team structure a second chance. And that's because, you know, I have, you know, a lot of super affiliate friends and I'm talking to them and all, almost all the top guys work in a team structure and I realized, look, if I want to compete against them, I have to learn to trust again. I have to step my game up. And, you know, I just thought, I just thought to myself, you know, risk versus reward. And, you know, some people might be thinking to yourselves or might be thinking to themselves, what am I doing different? Like why would they stay working for me versus running off? A lot of it has to do with, think about it, why would they run off in the first place? So the reason why they will run off is they believe they can make more, make more money on their own than they can working under you. Yeah. So for me, you have to create this structure where they know they can make, make, uh, they know they can make more money working for me than working on their, working on their own. Mm-hmm. And that means you have to have some, you know, some of the leverages such as like special relationships or even your knowledge uh, that makes them know they can make more working for you and then they'll stay loyal. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. What are some of the challenges you found with uh, overseeing a team and kind of being the, the thinker, the mastermind of it all? What are some of the challenges you found with that? Uh-huh. I guess my main challenge is really shifting from a uh, old school business mindset to a new school business mindset. And what I mean by that is, 
you know, back, you know, most, most, uh, theory of being a, a leader, a good leader is actually wrong. Like, you know, it's, it's the idea that, okay, my employee does this. I have to watch over everything. Or if, if they're not doing something right, I have to scold them. And if they're not making money, I have to like offer money as a reward uh, to motivate them. But, you know, this new theory of thinking I have is from, you know, studying a lot of books. Mm-hmm. And what I've seen is, you know, the best employees are the ones where you give them freedom to grow, freedom to learn and do their own thing. And you just have to do a hands-off approach. And if they, you know, if they mess up, like, you know, they'll mess up something and I lose $1,000, um, you know, damage is done. It doesn't really make sense to uh, curse them out or get angry. You know, they just learn something and it's not going to repeat itself. So, you know, it's a different thinking where you focus more on praising instead of like nagging at them. And, you know, it all boils down to loyalty. You know, you want to be the kind of guy that people want to work for. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. Interesting. Uh, so here's a um, question that someone wanted to ask. It was about your blog post about where you were comparing two affiliates. Um, you're talking about laser focus and, um, one makes like 1.5 million a year and the other one um, the one with laser focus sorry makes 1.5 million a year and another one doing you know different hot niches switching around makes like 500,000 a year so his takeaway was that is it really important to stick with a niche to conquer it Um, and he was just curious about this because especially when there's so many hot slash good niches and offers right now um, what's your advice on sticking to something that you've been doing good and ignoring, you know, all the other offers that you know, you're yeah, like, uh, you see? I think, uh, well, first off, that example was purely hypothetical, yeah. of course, in order for me to il- illustrate a point. Um, you know, one thing I've I've noticed with affiliate marketing is a lot of the really big guys, the super affiliates, they're all specialists. You know, it's like if I'm at a conference and, you know, I see an affiliate, he's going to be, okay, that's the mobile guy, that's the diet guy, that's the Facebook guy, or that's the um, PPV guy. But, you know, if I if I meet someone and they tell me, you know, I'm like, what do you do? Oh, um, you know, I do adult, I also do PPV, and I do a little bit AdWords, and, you know, I got Facebooks running. I think to myself, that guy's not, not a threat to me. You know, like that guy's so unfocused that he's not really doing much damage and you know we talked about this earlier my point is if you're a single affiliate then yeah you should really focus on a niche or traffic source to dominate it but you know if you run a team then you can run multiple campaigns so i guess you know how do you stick with something because i i completely understand you know you're making a certain amount of money but then your affiliate manager tells you this is really hot or you're on the forums and then you see that's doing really hot um so you know you're tempted to try some other stuff for me the way i think about it is you know i think of it like a karate master it's like you you just keep training keep focusing on your one discipline you're going to improve you're going to make more money and with with uh, affiliate marketing what's interesting is it's very top heavy mm-hmm. i would say in any given niche 95% of the guys, 
95% of the revenue is made by 5% affiliates. Yeah. So what that tells me is, okay, pick something, focus on it, become that 5%. And, you know, throughout all my years, it's like, even some traffic sources I've been advertising on for years, I'm still learning something new every single week. And once you break into that 5%, 5% of the very best, each little thing you learn, it compounds, it adds up. You know, the walls that you develop keep increasing, keeps getting higher and higher. Yeah. So, you know, it's like if you're, you know, if you're in the top 10% of adult, you know, breaking into that, you know, focusing, getting to that 5%, it's going to make you a lot more money than starting over as a beginner, in, as you know, in mobile or something. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It's a, yeah, that's a really good point. Um, another thing I was going to ask is about um, motivation. You've talked about that, you know, before and on your blog and in different places. What do you say to someone? Do you ever get people like newbies or even experienced marketers come up to you and say, you know, I just, I can't get motivated to, to do this. Or like, you know, I get motivated and I build a lot of campaigns for a week and then I just, you know, go goof off for a while. Um, what do you say to people like that as far as, you know, obviously you can't, you know, your job's not to motivate them, but what do you say to help them motivate themselves or figure out what, you know, they really want out of life and business? Yeah, you know, I get asked about motivation on a daily basis and not just from newbies but from guys that are you know millionaires that are you know still making a lot of money and they still have motivation issues um so you know i have a lot of theories on this and it's you know i'm just gonna touch on a few of them uh so you know, I'm just going to focus on my own motivation. So maybe that can help others, like what keeps me motivated. Um, one thing is money is a great motivator. You know, it really is uh, because that's all, I, that's all I really cared about. You know, I just wanted to make some money. Now I could quit my job and then I could buy some cool stuff. But, you know, the problem why a lot of guys that are rich and then they get burned out is because they keep being motivated by money. So there's been actual studies done that after $75,000 a year, that's the point of diminishing returns. After you make more than 75000 a year, more money doesn't necessarily make you happier. Yeah. So I think what happens is, yeah, it's great to be motivated by money when you're first starting out. But after a certain point, you can't get that motivated anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like once you have, you know, if you're driving like a Civic and you want a beamer, then yeah, that beamer is going to like bring your happiness way up. But once you got the beamer and you're just going for something slightly nicer, like a Porsche, it's not going to drive you that hard anymore. Mm -hmm. So the point is after you make a certain amount, you need to start looking for other things in life that really motivate you. So for me, you know, what motivates me is, you know, I, I enjoy helping people. Like that's why I spend you know, 15 to 20 hours a week writing my blog because, you know, I've had so many guys come up to me and they've gone full time because of my writings. And that's a great, great feeling to know that some guys, their lives are, you know, have changed positively because of you. Um, another thing that motivates me is challenge. You know, if you're still like, 
you know, doing the same stuff, ripping landing pages and running campaigns, same traffic source, you're going to lose some motivation because you're not being challenged enough. So, you know, you can either find ways to challenge yourself within your own industry or just, you know, pick up a passion project on the side. Um, And then let me see what else motivates me. You know, and and also you you got to think of it as like helping others, like, you know, helping your family, helping your friends, helping strangers. Uh, So for me, it's like, you know, the more I learn about affiliate marketing, the more I can give away on my blog. You know, that helps people. Um, And so that's the basics of motivation. And then I actually have a much, much bigger uh, idea of what keeps me motivated. And that involves, you know, I would say lifestyle architecture. So for most people, they want to get motivated. What do they do? They go to YouTube and you know, watch a motivational movie or they, you know, listen to some rap music or whatever. And that that level of motivation is very shallow. You know, it doesn't reach deep into your core. So, you know, I covered that in the first part. Like find some stuff other than the money that can motivate you. The other one, the other idea I have is drop motivation, forget motivation, and focus instead on just living the kind of lifestyle where you naturally get stuff done. So my example would be I I lived in Asia for, you know, two to three years. I did the whole travel the world four hour work week thing. And that really sapped away my motivation because, you know, here I am living in Vietnam. You know, the average guy makes $150 a month over there. Yeah. You know, it's like, and, you know, over in Asia, I just, you know, I was making money, but I wasn't really hardcore, you know, because I just wanted to date. I just wanted to travel. I just wanted to have some fun. So that's what made me move back to, um, you know, the States because part of motivation, there's this book you guys should read if you're really interested in motivation called Drive by, I think, Daniel Pink or Daniel Pink. So one of the, you know, core topics or core purposes of uh, motivation is called mastery, you know, to really master your craft, you know, to really improve. Like, you know, for affiliate marketing, part of what motivates me is I just want to, I love learning. You know, I love new landing pages that make money. I love testing out a new headline. So just improving my skill makes me happy. So, you know, I mentioned earlier about the whole Asia thing. So, you know, the way I, I live right now is I've kind of developed a lifestyle that is productive by default. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is whatever saps away your motivation level, get rid of it. Like for me, I love video games. Like I'm born a gamer. I'll always be a gamer. But I don't play video games anymore. I uninstalled Dota. I got rid of my PlayStation 3. So for me, I don't have to resist video games because I got rid of it okay. you know so instead it's kind of like affiliate marketing is my video game yeah. and then you know you have like whatever distracts you you have to uh, uh, block it you know raise the resistance levels and then another idea is you know I'm really into routines and habits so for me you know pretty much every day's routine you know I wake up wake up early, do my morning routine, I work, you know, go to the gym, come back, 
you know, do some Netflix and then uh, I'm off to the next day. So for me, it's like, what I work, I'm not, I don't wake up each morning super motivated. Yeah. I wake up each morning and work. Why? Because that's what I do. I think of it as brushing your teeth, you know, like you brush your teeth. Hopefully everyone here is, you know, brushes their teeth every day. Are you motivated to battle gingivitis and cavities every morning? No, you're not. Why do you do it? Because that's the way, that's what you always do. Like your body naturally defaults to that. So for me, my body naturally defaults to, you know, working and going to the gym every day. And that's, that was by design. So, you know, some guys can't handle that routine or will think it's boring. Well, it's the kind of lifestyle that gets most, you know, most stuff done. And, you know, for me, I'm not like, I'm not a robot, you know, I'm not some super crazy disciplined Asian. It's like, I'm still a human being. So for me, you know, when I feel like I'm getting burned out, what I do, I just go travel. You know, I just um, leave the campaigns to my employees or I'll even pause some campaigns and I'll just go travel, have some fun. And then I'm right back at it. So, um, you know, another analogy I like to give about this is, Let's say you're you're an alcoholic and you're trying to give up alcohol. So you're relying on you're relying on your willpower. Um and it can be difficult when you're coming home from work and your apartment is you know surrounded by bars. So there's like 10 bars around your apartment. So why not move to an apartment that has no bars anywhere near it? So the idea is, you know, you, whatever you want to do, you make it easier to achieve. Whatever you don't want to do, you make it more difficult. That's, um, yeah, that's excellent. I, everybody should go back and listen to that part a few times because you pretty much touched on everything that um, I've ever learned just going through life about motivation when you were talking about, um, you know, the money thing. I, I remember when I graduated from um well when i finished college and i ended up going to a technical school to get my uh, microsoft uh, certified engineer certificate and i was like okay when i get out and i make forty thousand dollars a year i'm gonna be set you know i thought that was like a lot of money this was a while back but you know, so. yeah and then i made that and i was like oh okay well when I make a hundred thousand dollars a year, then that's going to be enough. And it took a few of those to finally realize, you know, okay, whatever you make, you're going to, you know, it's, it's not going to well, fill any void for you. You know, what's, what's funny is, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, the term rat race, it means you're, you're working a job and then, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of running around in maze like a rat because whenever you get that promotion, well, now you got a nicer car and now you got a house. So the point is you're always chasing something and people think, okay, now I'm in a full-time affiliate marketer. Now I'm making a lot of money. But you're in another rat race because these guys, they're still chasing money. They're still chasing nicer houses and stuff. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because I, I like nice stuff myself. But the point is you have to have some kind of limit because there's always someone richer than you. Yeah. You know, So you know, if you have like, okay, now you have a Porsche, so now you want – a Ferrari because your friend who's a CEO has a Ferrari and what happens is you're you know you're always going to be chasing and the issue with that in affiliate marketing is the industry goes up and down you know one year you could make two million another year you can make like 20,000 you know the but the point is 
when you're making 20,000, well, guess what? Now you have all the expenses of, you know, when you were making 2 million a year, now you still have that fancy condo. Now you have that fancy Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ferrari. It can be hard to, to stay emotionally strong in your campaigns when your life expenses are so high. Uh-huh. Yeah. I agree because yeah then you just end up working to just to keep the stuff you have and yeah 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 the other thing you said about um, about motivation and basically just you know getting up and doing the work I think that's really important too because I know that took me a while to learn and I think a lot of people are under the assumption that they're supposed to jump out of bed every day and be you know like run to the computer and just be full of energy and pumped up and everything and it's it's definitely not like that. I mean, you have periods of that, but there's, I would say the majority of the time, you just, yeah, you're right. You have to get up and you just have to do the routine. And- yeah, I think um, there's this quote I really like. I don't, I can't, you know, remember it word for word, but, you know, it goes like, inspiration is for amateurs. Professionals just start working. Yeah. And that's, that's a very important thing to understand about motivation. Like I don't wait to get inspired or I don't wait until I'm in the mood, you know, for me to keep writing my blog posts every week, Mm -hmm. I set a time and I just start writing, you know, and what happens is, you know, let's say I don't want to write this week's blog post, but I force myself to write for 10 minutes. Well, after 10 minutes, what am I going to do? I'm not going to stop writing. Like now I'm in the groove. I'm going to keep writing. So it's, it's kind of like jumping to the pool, you know, that's my analogy. Like, you know, you should jump into the pool, but you know, you're fe- feeling a little bit scared. Just, just jump into it, and everything will be okay. Did you ever read um, that book, The Power of Habit? Oh yeah, I've I read it the first day it came out, and <laughs> yeah. it's it's quite a good book. Like, I, I I used the model framework for developing new habits now. Yeah, I was thinking about that one when we were talking, and also the one. Um, I can't remember the title right now, but it was something about about willpower. Oh yeah, the willpower instinct by Kelly McGonigal, I believe. I think that's it. Yeah, there's a few of them that came out after that, but I think that's the one that was that was interesting. Yeah. So so I mean, if you're listening, I I hope you can kind of see a pattern here. Like I read a lot. I read one or two hours every single day. I've read hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of business books and. For me, you know, I kind of think of it as like I'm Siler from Heroes. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you're, you know, for those of you that don't know, he was like an evil villain that stole powers from other heroes. So for me, you know, it just blows my mind that for ten dollars and a few hours of my time, I can learn what it took someone an entire lifetime to learn. You know, it's like I I wanted to learn about the brain. Just downloaded a book about the brain. And then a few hours later, wow, I have steps to improve my brain. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's so much to to learn out there. Um, have you read that book, The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin? Oh, yeah. I love that book. Yeah. The chess guy and the, the uh, Chinese kung fu guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he mastered chess and then went on to some kind of kung fu tai chi thing uh, yeah oh yeah it was tai chi pushing push hands tai chi yeah yeah 
yeah, so that's a, that's a good book. It's uh, the Art of Learning by Josh Watkins, and it yeah, it's a good book. I actually use a lot of the theories in my in my own life. Like for instance, when you're he has this one chapter I remember it's called making the circle smaller. So if we want to apply that to affiliate marketing, you know, a newbie is gonna get overwhelmed. Like oh my god. Landing pages, tracking, offers, blah, blah. So to improve, what you do is you have to make the circle smaller. So how about this week? I just focus only on landing pages. I learn everything there is to learn about landing pages. So, you know, you, you take one, you know, you conquer one circle, improve one circle, and then you jump to another circle. But that's a much better than, you know, trying to master 10 different circles. And in the end, nothing gets mastered because you're so overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to keep you forever. I know we could probably talk for hours, but was there yeah. anything else you wanted to, any last thoughts you wanted to leave people? Um, people should definitely check out your blog, blog charlesngo.com, charlesno.com. Um, yep. People probably already know what they're listening to this, but yeah, anything you want to leave people with? Any? Well, let me see. Um, I guess you know, most, people, well, most people are probably you know, listening for some advice. So, you know, my advice for affiliate marketing is, you know, just massive action and focus. Like, I I remember being a newbie like it was yesterday. I know what it's like to read forums, read blogs, and you're overwhelmed with all this information. And what really took my game to the next level is just just really focus on on just taking action and launching campaigns and affiliate marketing. You know, I I didn't even know what the heck it was six years ago. You know, like I didn't know what it was. I wasn't I didn't learn this in college. I didn't learn this in high school. I wasn't born learning affiliate marketing. I learned it because I just launched a lot of campaigns. So it's a skill. Just like anything else in this world is a skill. So if if I want to learn basketball what do I do? I go play basketball. I play a lot, a lot of basketball. You know, that's how you improve at basketball. That's how you improve at piano. And that's how you improve at chess. So, you know, with um, affiliate marketing, it's the same way. It's all about how much you launch. And I know there are some guys out there that say they've been doing affiliate marketing for two, three years, still haven't had a, a profitable campaign. But, you know, when you say you, you've been doing affiliate marketing for two three years like how many campaigns have you run that's the magic question because a lot of these guys you know they'll read the forums and you know read blog posts and just kind of nod their head and they think they get it but until you're in the trenches you're losing money you're seeing conversion stuff you don't get it you know so just realize that yeah it sucks um you know being a newbie sucks that you know, no one likes losing money. No one likes failing. But everyone that has become a super affiliate has been there. We've all been there. We've had the same emotions. But the difference is we just kept going and we just kept launching the campaign. We didn't complain. We didn't make excuses. We just kept launching and testing until we made money. So I think, you know, there's quite a few people out there that just kind of you know, just read and don't do anything. Well, I mean, what are you waiting for? Like, if you're waiting for some kind of 
secret trick or a secret campaign, like no one's gonna give it to you. Like why why would they? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my advice. Just just you know, just work hard and take action and realize that this campaign I mean this this industry is real because you know there's there's money, there's money out there, um, and it's not too late. Like because I, I know some guys are like Wow, Charles started in 2008. It must have been so easy back then. Well, what do you want, man? You want a time machine? Yeah. <laughs> like it's 2014. I guarantee you in 5 years from now, 2019, 2020, there's going to be an entire generation of new affiliate marketers that are like, "Man, I wish I started in 2014." Yep. So, you know, quit making excuses, quit complaining, just get to work. Good point. Well, thank you for doing this. There's a lot of really good stuff in there i'm gonna go back and listen to this again and i would suggest yeah man i could talk about this for months you know there's i feel like marketing is just so deep and you know i'm so passionate about it well cool well thanks i uh i appreciate it and everybody check out your blog charlesno.com yep all right all right see you guys in the forums Thanks for tuning in to the AF Playbook Podcast, your source for growing your online business. For show notes and to read the latest blog post, visit us at afplaybook.com slash blog.